you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. It's another week, another episode. Happy to have you back. We are going so deep today. I know we always do, but today's topic I know has hit so many heartstrings. It pulled so many heart cords, and I never really intended it to. I really shared it on a whim um, back in October, and I think this might have struck the biggest chord. So we're talking today about being adult children of emotionally immature parents. Back in October, I shared a video of Rehan at his Halloween parade, and I shared very innocuously, just, you know, wanted to share my normal stuff about how I was so grateful to be there and why I make such a big effort to go to those what may seem like little things like Halloween parades and field trips, but how big of a difference it makes. Because I was a child, I remember when I was five years old, all the kids went to a field trip to an amusement park and everybody's parents chaperoned their child except my mom and my teacher was my chaperone and I remember feeling the shame and kind of the embarrassment of that all the other parents came except my mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My mom doesn't like amusement rides or roller coasters or anything like that and I felt not good enough. And that was a reoccurring theme in my childhood and my teenage years. And even sometimes now, except now I know how to deal with it and I have no expectations for my mom, but I always felt not seen. I felt like I wasn't important. My mom's needs always came first. I had an eggshell childhood where everything revolved around my mother's emotional and mental state. If she was angry, there was uproar in our house. If she was happy, then there was the calm before the next storm. And so I grew up as a child with a hyper vigilant, highly overactive fight or flight. I knew how to stay in survival mode. I was constantly on alert. I was always very mindful of my mom's footsteps and how she banged the pots and how she put pots in the sink even just to see what her mental state was. And over a period of time, you would just get used to, okay, we're getting almost to the point of a volcano spewing out and the volcano being an emotional reactivity, volatility, and eruption. It was a very scary place to be as a child because you experience conditional safety. Sure, your physical needs were met, but your emotional needs were not met. And everything surrounded and revolved around a specific parent's insecurities and their needs. Is any of this is sounding relatable to your childhood and you want to be a generational cycle breaker. If in your mind you're thinking, I do not want to be like my parents. I consciously am trying to break these generational patterns of emotional reactivity, of anger, of anxiety, whatever it may be that you're trying to evolve beyond. Just because your parents did it one way doesn't mean that we don't respect them for what they gave us. It's not that they're all bad and that Everything that they did as far as parenting um, is something we need to complain about because it's not true. And we can certainly respect our parents, but 
in a essence of evolving, we want to choose differently. We want to choose better. So if you can relate to this, this episode is for you. I actually broke this into a three-part series for you because I did record it as one episode and it was almost like an hour. And I realized this has so much good information, but you guys are going to be bombarded. So here I am, I'm reshooting it in three separate mini series episodes because I want it to be digestible. I wanted to have the most impact. And I think this is very emotional. We read healing from this. If you've experienced um, being raised by an emotionally immature parent, as we will talk in this series, it's a form of trauma. And every form of trauma needs recognition, acknowledgement, and healing. And if that's in the form of listening to podcasts, but also seeking out a third-party neutral, like a mental health professional, please do so. I'm a big advocate for therapy and receiving the help that you need because mental health is so important. We can't only just focus on our physical health, our emotional health and mental health is imperative to take care of. And many of us have not been modeled how to do this as we talk in this series. Uh, We might be uh, lacking emotional awareness and we might have a severely dysregulated nervous system, what we talked a lot about in the burnout series. So this is going to require a conscious healing and a conscious intention and active participation and healing every single day. So I broke up this podcast series into three episodes and there are many episodes. Today's episode is all about understanding what an emotionally immature parent is and acknowledging it, giving a name to what trauma you may have experienced as a child. And I think this is going to be the most crucial step because a lot of us have not had words to describe what we experience because our parents or outside society may think you had everything. Like there's something tangible about sexual abuse or physical abuse, but emotional abuse. And I'm not just talking about swearing and like shaming. It's like the emotional abuse of not getting your emotional needs met or feeling unsafe emotionally with the people that are supposed to love you unconditionally, experiencing conditional love, this changes you. It changes the way you show up in relationships. It changes how you feel about yourself and your self-worth. It has a web of implications as we grow up into our parenting. We become emotionally immature parents ourselves. If you notice that you're snapping a lot, you shame your child, you have a hard time using a respectful tone, you feel triggered when they don't listen to you, you have feelings of abandonment and rejection that bubble up by some of the things that your kids say, and it's an egregious and exaggerated response to your children, and you don't know how to break the cycle. It's an automatic reaction. You're like, I try to be patient. I really want it. I really want to be supportive. I want to help them when they have big feelings, but it triggers me and I can't help them. I get agitated. I get frustrated. How do I break this? Well, this is a key, a very, very, very important key to breaking that generational pattern within ourselves and for our kids. So this one is all about you acknowledging that you are an adult child of an emotionally immature parent and sitting with that, sitting with the emotions of that. You can't rush this process. When I read this book and I shared it, 
on my Instagram. It is a three-part series book, but the first book was uh, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. One of the biggest things it said was, you know, being an emotionally immature parent, you feel insecure as in relationships and you almost don't feel comfortable receiving love. And this was very heavy thing for me to sit in because it's almost like we pick emotional loneliness because that's what we experienced as a child, that nobody was really there for us. So we had to believe in ourselves. And that was heartbreaking for me because being a parent, I'm like, I would never want my kids to feel so alone in the parent-child relationship or in romantic relationships or even in the relationships with their siblings. I I don't feel like I have a safety net to go to where I won't feel judged or I won't feel like I'm not being heard. Um, And a lot of us have not had that really genuine support system from a family unit. Families can be very triggering. I know for me it is. It's not the most safe and supportive place when I think of people um, who I would go to if I was having a problem. So, you know, if you've experienced judgment, if you've experienced a space where you don't feel safe in your family, this episode is for you. The second episode is, okay, now you recognize I was raised by an emotionally immature parent. Now, the whole idea of this is not to stay stuck and blame our parents because even to this day, they might not change. And I know that's a really tough pill to swallow. I spent years and years and years trying to change my mom or trying to get my dad to apologize and it never worked. I mean, there's a lot of lack of self-reflection and acknowledgement depending on the level of the emotional immaturity of your parent. And so maybe you'll never get an apology. How do you move forward from that and focus on healing yourself? So we're going to talk about steps on what it really looks like to heal from an emotionally immature parent dynamic when you were the child. And that is a necessary step because it is inevitable if you were raised by emotionally immature parents that you in some degree are emotionally immature parent to, to your own kids. And that is just something the faster you acknowledge and admit and accept, then you can start the healing process of really being that present and playful and patient parent that you desire to be. And uh, that's when the work happens of really becoming a mindful, conscious parent. So the third episode in this series is talking about how you can raise yourself to be an emotionally mature parent. It is going to be your guide forward. And that's all you can do is change yourself and heal yourself and evolve so you can be a better parent. And so that you can be in a space of strength to let whatever happened in the past go. And you don't have to be okay with it. I would never say that. Some of us have experienced real trauma on top of the emotional immature parent, maybe sexual or physical abuse as well. I will never say that it's okay, but you can heal and be empowered and move forward. And if you need the help of a neutral party, definitely, definitely seek a therapist out. If you want help, And any of the things that I share through these podcasts, I do do one-on-one coaching um, with clients. So if you ever feel like you want to reach out to me to get my own personal support and coaching you, I'm always available. Just email me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. So let's get very clear about this first episode of this Emotionally Immature Parent podcast series. 
The very tricky thing about being raised by an emotionally immature parent is that up until recently, many of us didn't have a name for it. A lot of therapists are calling this the silent epidemic. So many of us, we see in the world of all these people who freak out over small, small problems. Why is that? Yes, the world is getting more and more stressed and we have all experienced a chronic stressor with COVID. The collective uncertainty has dysregulated our already dysregulated nervous system even more and it's just become heightened. So what is a emotionally immature parent? Well, it may seem judgmental or harsh to say someone's immature, but this is just another way of saying that this parent has a dysregulated nervous system. This parent has likely experienced chronic stress or traumatic stress and not healed or coped from it. And when that happens is that we then dysregulate our system to no longer operate from a balanced state. We stay in a heightened anxious or freak out mode. We're quickly able to be triggered when we burn off our energy, overthinking, judging, uh, complaining, um, overreacting in anger rages. We hit these big crash and burns every time we dispel so much energy in this excess and this waste of mental franticness and then emotional reactivity and frantic and frazzledness. And so we reach this burnout cycle, what we talked about in the last series. What many of us have experienced is that when our parents felt like they were not listening to us, when they didn't fully hear us, they couldn't actually, uh, they talked over us or they demanded things or they were nagging and controlling and Many times when we felt like we weren't important, that we weren't spoken to respectfully, that we weren't fully validated for our emotions. Maybe we had parents who were toxically positive, right? They were like, oh, don't worry about it. What's the big deal? And then you start to disconnect from your emotions and feel like, oh, this emotion is bad. And this emotion is acceptable. And we start suppressing our feelings. And this is where the beginning of our mental health and emotional health decline happens. We start building these patterns of no longer listening to our body cues and our intuition and our nervous system telling us we are pushing ourselves past our limit, that we are dysregulated, that we feel stress rather than easing up off the accelerator. We push harder, we numb more, we disassociate, and then we lead to depression, to shutting down, to burnout, to mental, emotional fatigue of of addictive behaviors and using self-indulgent self-care techniques that are not even really self-care. They're just self-indulgent behaviors to find relief from the stressors that we're experiencing. Now, there are different levels of emotionally immature parents. There's four different levels. And the book that I recommended, The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, which I'll link in the show notes, it walks you through. And I'm only going to briefly go to the both spectrums, okay? So the high spectrum is that reactive parent, that emotionally volatile parent where you feel like you're walking on eggshells. You have to hide parts of yourself and your emotions. You're constantly deferring to, is this going to trigger them? Is this not going to trigger them? You think 
10 times before you say something or do something because you're scared of how they're going to react. And if you watch the Real Housewives, you'll see a lot of these emotional, reactive, um, immature parents or emotionally immature human beings. One that stands out in particular that is Jen Shaw from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That is like the epitome that like reminds me a lot of my mom. Then on the other spectrum is a parent that on the face looks like bubbly and supportive and happy, but they were the ones who were forced to suppress their emotions. And they're so disconnected and dissociated with negative emotions. They're always like, oh, just be happy. Emotions that are heavy are is like, oh, they're not, they're a sign of weakness. They're bad and they're suppressed. And you only want to show your happy side. It's all about this facade, which eats you up because you can't be your authentic real self. You never fully feel supported because it's always like you try to share a deep emotion. It's like, oh, just be happy. Look what you should be so grateful for what you have that toxic positivity rather than fully feeling supported and heard. If any of this is hitting a chord, I actually highly recommend you follow um, on Instagram Dr. Nicole LaPera, who is um, a psychologist, and she talks a lot about emotionally immature parents. And she says that childhood trauma also looks like not being seen, being told directly or indirectly you can't or shouldn't experience certain emotions having a parent deny reality and toxic positivity, a parent who can't regulate emotions, and a parent that does not model boundaries. So this is the epitome of what an emotionally immature parent looks like. So anything like shaming, spanking, micromanaging, shouting, all those things sever a child from their inner connection and their inner power. And that builds this brain structure where their brainstem, their amygdala, their fight or flight actually grows bigger than their prefrontal cortex because they're always hypervigilant in the fight or flight state. And they become an adult who are constantly on edge. They're anxious. They're always worried. They're thinking 10 steps ahead. And this constant thinking, thinking, thinking becomes a nuisance because it's draining what you think about and what you spend your energy doing it drains your energy battery. And I want you to look at it like we plug in our iPhone every single day or your Android, whatever you have, every single day to get 100% battery, right? And when you're using your phone, it's not that when you're on social media, you have 100% battery and then you go on your email and then you have 100% battery and then you go on this other app and it's 100% battery. Everything you use, social media for 20 minutes uses your battery, you're at 10% lower. Then you go and check your emails for 15 minutes, 10% lower, right? So by the end of the day, you might be at a battery of like 45%. This is the same with our mind. So what we constantly are thinking about, if we're overthinking, it's draining our battery, whether we realize it or not. It's not just movement. It's not just um, adapting and pivoting that also shifts and reduces our energy, but also when we're overthinking, when we're problem solving, when we're working out, when we're focusing all these things drain our energy battery. So by the end of the day, if you feel completely fatigued and burned out and you have no energy, all you can do is grab a pint of ice cream, veg in front of the TV, and you 
and you don't even want to shut down to go to sleep, you'd rather numb out by social media or TV, this is a sign that you're potentially burning your energy out completely. And then we revenge scroll and then we watch TV because we want to give ourselves a false sense of safety. Bessel van der Kolk is the author of The Body Keeps Score, said that the parent-child connection is the most powerful mental health intervention known to mankind. And this is so true. When we are born, we form an attachment relationship with our parent. It's because as humans, we can't survive on our own and humans need co-regulation to be able to understand how to be emotionally balanced. This is what grows our prefrontal cortex. Uh, We crumble when we feel emotionally lonely. We have a sense of connection and a need for belonging and we depend on our parents to survive and to feel safe. Not only physically safe, but emotionally safe. And according to Dr. Nicole LaPera, lack of emotional safety in childhood homes looks like this. It looks like a parent with unpredictable and volatile moods, no clear boundaries, yelling and raging fits, emotionally dumping on a child, ignoring or avoiding a child, using cruel and harsh punishment shaming a child or using verbal insult, and even witnessing the dysfunctional communication and conflicts between parents. How many of you can say, yes, I've experienced this in my childhood? If you can, you've experienced lack of emotional safety. And studies show kids who do not experience a secure, safe relationship in their childhood home become adults with low self-esteem. They have negative self-talk. They have higher levels of addiction and dysfunctional coping mechanisms. And honestly, we carry on this pattern whether we want to or not because it's encoded in our mind, in our physiology of this is how you handle handle conflict. We have not been taught healthy resolution and conflict management skills. And so many times we become emotionally reactive ourselves. And this is exactly what happened to me. I remember when I was young, I would look at my mom and make mental notes, be like, this is your sign of who you don't want to be and what you don't want to do when you get older. And there I was in my romantic relationships starting to mimic some of her patterns of trying to manipulate others and take advantage and be in control and feeling so vulnerable and insecure when I was feeling not in control and in a state of uncertainty that I would lash out. And many of us say that we can experience that and we want nothing more than not to repeat the patterns and we find ourselves repeating the patterns. And it is infuriating because we're like, this is what I don't want to do. So for anyone who's raised in an emotionally immature household, we don't experience unconditional safety. And that's where a lot of South Asians be like, well, we paid for your education. You always had food on the table. You had clothes. What do you have to complain about? And there is this guilt that we've experienced like, What do I have to complain about? And there's no acknowledgement because it's like, well, how do you subjectively share how your emotional needs were not met? 
that you didn't experience unconditional love, that you didn't feel like you had this support system. And you might be like, I had a financial support system, but not an emotional support system where I felt completely safe to be myself and not be judged. I didn't have to act and be who my parents wanted me to be. And many of us didn't have that luxury. And so for many people who are born and lived in a dysfunctional family system, it created a lot of confusion. This is a trauma when you're being hurt by the people who are supposed to love you the most. So as children who grew up in dysfunctional homes, we become adults who no longer feel safe in relationships. And many times we're unaware of what we need and how to ask for what we need because we stop going to an adult to help us meet our needs. So the time has passed for us, right? Our parents may or may not be alive. They may or may not change. But for us, we have to recognize that in order to be healthy, emotionally mature adults, we have to be mentally and emotionally healthy. This means that we need to be able to learn how to regulate our emotions and communicate them without shame and harsh punishment. That we have to have our children be able to feel safe and comfortable to ask us for help. That we can hold space for them to have their big feelings and we need to learn how to regulate ourselves so we can co-regulate them. And there has to be grace and respect and repairing if conflicts arise, which is a natural part of any healthy relationship. So this may not happen in the realm of our parents being able to fix the relationship with us, but if you notice that this is a pattern that you've experienced in your childhood and you're like, yes, amen, this has happened to me, we have to show up in a different way and this is how we will show up. We will then create children with a high self-worth, with openness, with the ability to be resilient in the face of conflict and to be able to trust other human beings, to be able to fully love and not only just give love, but to receive love from a really whole space. If we want to change our society and we see all these people around us who are dysregulated, who are trolls, just triggered and just sharing negative comments. And they feel that anything that goes against what their belief system is like a personal attack. How do we change that? It has to be a grassroots method. We have to change the way we raise our children. Expecting a child to grow up in a dysfunctional family system with parents who have a dysregulated nervous system, who are not emotionally aware, who then take it out on their kids, this is unrealistic, it's unfair, it's unhealthy, and there's no way that we're going to see a change in future generations. We have to focus on our emotional, mental, and physical health, all three. Emotional wounds are invisible, and just because we don't see them doesn't mean they're not there, and they do the most harm because it impacts the minds of ourselves and our future generations. We have to heal ourselves first. It has to come from us and the work that we do. We can't expect our parents to do it. And we can't fo focus on just, oh, I'm going to teach my kids how to take deep breaths and meditate and they're going to be able to regulate themselves and stop their meltdowns. It's, it's an inner job, guys. This journey has always been about healing our own soul, not in a narcissistic way, but in a way that we come on this journey alone 
we leave alone. And whether we believe it or not, we have people to support us and who come in in our journey, but the steps have to be taken with us. No one can do the healing for us. No one can force us to change. No one can force us to grow. It is all an inside job. And the next episode is really going to help you take that step of healing. But for this episode, I want you to just take it all in. This is a lot emotionally might feel like a lot. It might feel like a relief in some sense too. Like, oh, I finally feel not crazy. There is a word for the trauma that I've experienced. Sit with it, acknowledge it. And if you need help to navigate through it, reach out and get the help that you need. Co-regulation, if it's not been modeled to you by your parents, can also look like in a form of not only just reaching out to the loved ones in your life, but also a neutral party who can hold space with you without judgment. I hope this really brings a light and brings awareness of also maybe if this didn't happen to you, then maybe it happened to your partner. And maybe you're like, oh, I can see how the dynamic of my in-laws and my partner, how they show up as an immature uh, partner, right? Because this is effervescent in every relationship. So you might be like, yeah, that's like my partner, right? And I can see that this probably happened to them. And holding space for them is equally empowering. And uh, if you do feel like this is something that they experienced, send this podcast to them. This is not just for moms. This is for all parents. So I really hope this serves you well. I'm really excited to go into the next topic, which is the more empowerment part. This is like the healing, but just sit with this, let it marinate and uh, do the steps to allow yourself to heal, take space, rest, digest, and be gentle with yourself. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Till the next episode. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I'd love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble's Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.